1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. He's the host of Voice of the Martyrs Radio, Chief of Media Relations and Message Integration for VOM. And he's also the author of When Faith is Forbidden, 40 Days on the Front Lines with Persecuted Christians. And he meets with us at least once a month to just give us prayer points and to inform us of what's happening with our brothers and sisters around the world. Good morning to you, Todd. Well, it is always a blessing to have you with us and to know what's happening around the world. And there are some interesting developments in Southeast Asia. Tell us about that. Yeah, this is a story I heard this week. And in fact, we'll have a little more about this this coming weekend on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. But uh, three of our brothers in a country in Southeast Asia, and I've been asked not to say the country, but uh, it is a communist nation there, are now in prison. Now, in some ways, this is good news. When, when we first heard about them, they had disappeared and nobody was quite sure where they were. Had they been taken off? Had they been killed? What's going on? We now know they are in prison, uh, apparently for 18 months is their sentence. But uh, here, here's their story. They, they came to know Christ. They had a relative uh, who was a Christian. They came to know Christ. They were the first Christians in their village. Uh, and they began to share with others. And pretty soon there were a couple more people who had chosen to follow Christ. Uh, they wanted to meet together. And so they started working to register a church in the village, which is basically to go to the government and say, hey, we are uh, Christians. We live in this village. We want a place that the government says it's okay for us to gather together and worship. Well, the leaders of the village took a lot of pride in the fact that there were no Christians in their village. They, uh, you know, in the in the communist system, that's what they want. They they want to show their authority. They want to show, look, we're doing a good job of controlling the people in our village. And so uh, this was a, a kind of a big black mark against them. Well, what's going on? You've got Christians in your village, and now they're trying to register a church. Well. That's what led to these three men now being arrested, being sent to prison for 18 months. Uh, their wives are left behind in the village, are very isolated because they're kind of trapped in being watched in the village. Um, so I just want to encourage people to pray for these three brothers, pray for their families, uh, because this, this is a hard situation for them. Well, it sounds like it. And as you're sharing this with me, I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around this because they did it the way that they were supposed, supposed to, do to do it as it. outlined by the government. Yeah, and so this... to have, have them come around, I, I'm, I'm just baffled by this, Todd. 
it, it is a frustrating thing because so often in these communist countries, you hear the, the story is, well, if, if the Christians would just cooperate with the government, if they would just register their churches, there wouldn't be any persecution. The, the, the only problem is that they refuse to register. They refuse to come under government authority. So these three guys were trying to do it according to the law. They were trying to do what the government says Christians are supposed to do. And they ended up in prison. And I'm like you. It's like, what What do you do if, if you've done everything they told you to and they still send you to prison? Uh, obviously, it's not about registration. It's about, hey, we don't want Christians. We don't want the gospel to spread. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it sounds like. It's almost like, yeah, we caught somebody with this trap that we set up, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, as followers of Christ, it seems like they are forcing the church to, to be go underground. underground. Mm-hmm. But I think underground is where it just might flourish. It might flourish. And, you know, it's such a conundrum in countries that have church registration because, you know, as Christians, we, we read in the Bible, you know, honor your government authorities. And so we, we want to follow the law. Uh, but so often it is used, like you say, it is used as a tool of persecution. Oh, to register your church, we need the names of everyone who's going. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, what are you going to do with those names? Well, we're, we're going to go see those people and we're going to tell them not to go to church. So it is kind of a conundrum for our brothers and sisters that live under that kind of system to know, okay, how do we how do we walk the line of, of honoring the government as the scripture calls us to do, but also not bringing more persecution on ourselves? We are talking with Todd Nettleton, a voice of the martyrs, and just finding out ways that we can pray for things that are going on around the world. And something is happening in Pakistan uh, with their blasphemy laws. Tell us more about that, Todd. Yeah, you know, for years, the blasphemy laws in Pakistan have been used against Christians. Probably the most famous case is the case of Asya Bibi, a wife and mother who was accused of blasphemy. She spent years in prison uh, before the Supreme Court finally ruled in her favor and said, no, she didn't commit blasphemy. Um, So there has been a lot of talk over the years. You know, Pakistan, you need to reform these laws. They're, They're being used against Christians. They're being used against other religious minorities. You, you need to work on these, make them more fair, make them more equitable. Well, they, they've worked on them, and, and instead of making them more fair and more equitable, they've actually added categories now. So uh, it's not just Muhammad or the Quran or Allah that you can blaspheme against. Now it is Muhammad's wives. It's Muhammad's companions. And uh, what happens in these cases is if if there's a dispute, say, you know, you have a dispute at work and you need to get rid of somebody, you just accuse them of blasphemy. Hey, I heard this person say something bad about Muhammad, or hey, I saw them tear a page out of the Quran. That person is going to be arrested. Uh, probably there will be a mob of people that come and arrest them, and then it'll go to court. And it, you know, sure, like in the case of Asya Bibi, eventually she was exonerated, but it took like nine years. She was locked up that whole time. And so if you want their job or you want to take over their property, they're they're off the scene. They're out of the way for however long it takes to work through the court system. The other thing that often happens is even if the court says you're innocent, the person will be killed by a mob outside of, literally people have been murdered on the steps of the courthouse after being found not guilty of blasphemy. Uh, And and so your life is in danger. Asya Bibi is still in hiding today, uh, Mm -hmm. even though the courts found her innocent. So to see them change these laws you know, like I say, we would have thought, boy, that's great. We want you to change these laws, but but they changed them in the wrong direction. They made them worse instead of better. And Christians in Pakistan are now even more at risk than they were before. 
Wow. Okay, you're hearing the voice of Todd Nettleton just kind of walking us through what's going on in Pakistan right now. And just it seems like the persecution is being stepped up. We heard what's happening in Southeast Asia, where it seems like this is what the government is telling you to do. You do it, and then they persecute you because you've done what they've asked you to do. Mm -hmm. And here, the laws are not just, especially when it comes to Christians. And so they're expanding that law to get a hold of more people. Uh, I'm just... It seems like they're widening the noose. I don't, I don't know yeah. how else to say that. It really is true. And as I read, some of this has to do with Sunni versus Shia, and they want to include more Shias that are committing blasphemy because the government is primarily Sunni. But Christians are caught up in that net as well. And so, you know, I think of one case. There was a case not very long ago. A nurse was accused of blasphemy against the Quran. Well, what had she done? There was a calendar, and she, when they got to the new month, she tore off the old month, like like we all do on calendars, right? Mm-hmm. Well, on that calendar, there were verses from the Quran, and so she was accused of damaging a Quran by telling, tearing off one month when the new month came up on the calendar. And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. how, how is that blasphemy? That is what all of us do when we tear off a calendar. Uh, but in that context, it's like, hey— I can accuse her of blasphemy. She's going to be locked in prison, and she's out of my way for whatever I want to accomplish with her property, with her job, with her uh, situation, her house, whatever it is. Wow, that is unbelievable. You're hearing the voice of Todd Nettleton, and and Todd, we're hearing what happened in Southeast Asia, what's happening in Pakistan, and and we have listeners right now who are hearing this and maybe for the first time understanding that there are things happening around the world that they have no idea about. And I'm just wondering, is there an app or something like that that um, somebody can learn a little bit more about this so they can be more informed so they can better pray? There is a great app, and in fact, it is brand new. We just launched it. It went live in the App Store last week. Uh, It's just called the VOM app, or you can search for Voice of the Martyrs. You know, the first thing persecuted Christians ask us to do is to pray. Uh, And so the app, one of the the bedrock things in the app is every day there's a new prayer request for persecuted Christians, and and you have a specific thing to pray for that day. You can actually set a reminder. Your phone will buzz and say, hey— it's time to pray for persecuted Christians. Here's the country. Here's the situation you can pray for today. The other thing about the new app now is it includes all kinds of VOM books and videos. There are children's resources available in the app, and it is all free. It's completely free. You download the app, you register, and boom, you have access to all of these things, including, and I'm happy about this, uh, my book, When Faith is Forbidden, the audiobook is available in the app. And again, it's free. Uh, you can listen to that. You can listen to the book. You can listen to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Uh, all of that, again, just go to your app store, search for Voice of the Martyrs, search for VOM app. Uh, and I encourage people, this is a great way to stay connected. It's a great way to pray every single day throughout the year. Thank you so much. And we are talking with Todd Nettleton, a voice of the martyrs, and he um, is on uh, 88.9 Moody Radio every Saturday, actually, at 6 p.m. Eastern. And you can hear um, him talk in more detail, do interviews with um, some of uh, indiv- some individuals who've been through persecution or who are on the ground in these areas and go a little deeper with him. Todd, thank you so much for being with us here today.